Hello, and welcome to The Goldmine, where you can find new investment insights from your favorite financial writers every day. Hi, I'm Michael Batnick, and this is What is Top Shot? What I'm about to say is going to sound incredibly stupid. Some of it also might not even be factually accurate, as I'm still very much a noob whale here. Also, this is definitely 100% absolutely not investment advice. I'm participating in the early days of a mania for the first time in my life. I tend to be a knee-jerk skeptic, so I feel like a fish out of water right now. I never bought Bitcoin in its infancy. I definitely don't do meme stocks. It's just not in my personality. Maybe it's because my parents got divorced when I was young and I just don't want to get hurt again. But all kidding aside, this thing got its tentacles in me and it is not letting go. I'm pretty sure this is a bubble. I'm also pretty sure this is still early days. What's happening now feels very strange. It's hard to know what's real and what's just like an inside joke. This thing I'm referring to is something called, seriously, non-fungible tokens, which you've definitely seen pop up over the last week if you spend any time on the internet. And if you're like most people, you're probably wondering, what the hell is a non-fungible token? Non-fungible tokens are digital assets that can provide ownership of a piece of art, digital real estate, no, I'm not kidding, and sports cards, which I've been dabbling in lately. NFTs are indivisible, unlike shares of stocks or other cryptocurrencies. You own all of it or you own none of it. They're also verifiable, meaning you can actually see the history of where it started, who has owned it, and how much subsequent owners have paid for it. I don't remember where I first heard about NBA Top Shot, but I definitely thought it was a goof. My immediate reaction and everybody's reaction when they first hear about it goes something like this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. I don't get it. These are GIFs? They're GIFs on the blockchain? Why can't I just watch it on YouTube? Why the hell would somebody pay money for a GIF? What am I missing? You're not missing anything. That's literally what this is. It's ownership of a Zion Williamson dunk or Ben Simmons assist or LeBron James three-pointer. But the genius of Top Shot is that they actually partnered with the NBA on this project. I have no idea what the terms of the deal are, but it's pretty cool that the league is involved. I know you probably have a million questions, so let me just explain how this works, and then I'll share my experience. Before I begin, let me just say that this thing is absolutely blowing up. On one day last week, there was almost 150,000 transactions totaling over $42 million in sales. At their core, these particular NFTs are 21st century sports cards. And like traditional sports cards, they come in packs. I wanted to buy one to find out what all the hype was about, but there weren't any available. None. And that's because when they announce a pack, the entire community rushes to join the queue. And oh boy, the adrenaline here is something else. I felt it firsthand this Saturday when my friend texted me to get in. They released 5,000 packs and had over 50,000 people in the waiting room. Today, on February 26th, they did a drop. There was 10,000 packs and literally over 200,000 people waiting. It's like the lottery. This whole process is fascinating. 
You can join the queue around 10 minutes before the line opens and a clock pops up with a countdown that just builds the anticipation. What's neat is that the line is drawn at random. So it really doesn't matter if you're like the first person or the 25,000th person or the 200,000th person in the queue as long as you get in. So why are people flipping out to get a hold of one of these things? It's because the prices or the moments are in a word insane. Take LeBron, for example. If you're lucky enough to get him in a pack, you could be sitting on five figures easily. Last week, somebody purchased one of his moments for $208,000 for a LeBron moment. The explosion is crazy. So on the one hand, it feels super early. You, you still have NBA guys who are just now discovering it for the first time. But on the other hand, it already feels like the opportunity has passed you by if you missed it with these prices. These sales happen in what's called the marketplace. And a few things determine value. First of all, of course, the caliber of the player. All else equal, Stephen Curry will be worth more than Draymond Green. And then there is the serial number, and lower is better. If you have the first moment out of 3,000 or whatever, then you're in luck. And then there is the number of moments for sale. The lower the supply, the higher the value. For example, the lowest ask on a Tyrese Maxi moment is $637 because there are only 130 listed of this particular moment. Trey Young, who is a much better player, has one moment where there's 636 listings and so the lowest one here is $109. Scarcity, or at least the belief in it, is a major, major factor here. More on this in a minute. All right, now I'm ready to share my story. So about a month ago, I was poking around on the marketplace and I found the moment that I wanted to buy. It was a sweet, sweet Devin Booker game-winning shot. And I'm honestly embarrassed that I paid what I paid, but whatever, I'm going to be honest. It was $2,500. The moment I bought was number 113 out of 150, and there were less than a dozen for sale. But the next morning, I woke up in a bit of a panic and I was like, holy shit, what did I just do? It was that type of feeling. So I jumped out of bed and I immediately put it up for sale for 3,000 bucks. And then nothing. I played the waiting game. And over the next few weeks, regrettably, I didn't really follow what was happening until I got an email that a cool cat's pack was dropping. So I opened my computer, got in the queue and was the proud owner of my first Top Shot pack. Opening it was a ton of fun. It cost me $14, and I didn't really get anything great. However, I was very surprised to see what these moments were going for in the marketplace. I got this Tyler Hero, who's a decent player. Uh, I sold it for $155, and I grossed $215 in sales on what cost me $14. Not bad. And then a day later, I got an alert that my Devin Booker moment sold. All right, now I'm in business. But now I had a decision to make. Do I just take the money and run or do I keep playing? Well, taking your money off the platform is like a six to eight week process later for that. At this early stage in the game, I figured I'd let it ride. So on Saturday, I bought these five moments, Steph Curry, Julius Randle, Chris Paul, CJ McCollum, and Donovan Mitchell. Three of them sold on Sunday for 40 to 50% higher than what I paid for it. One sold today for 30% higher than what I paid on Saturday. And the one I'm hanging on to is 120% higher than what I paid for it. At least that's what I'm asking. And guess what? I'm reasonably confident that I'm going to get it. I started with one moment for $2,500 and now I have seven on sale for 9,000. And believe me, this is nothing, like nothing 
25 accounts have collections currently valued at more than $6 million. All right. So the big question here, and believe me, there are many, but the big one is where is all of this money coming from? This is all one big trade. It has everything to do with cryptocurrencies. About 100,000 people have more than $1 million worth of Bitcoin. 9,500 people hold more than 10 million. So what's the difference if they spend 50 grand on a, on a Zion hologram? It's like a derivative of a derivative. They're just using them as poker chips. And if you've ever played blackjack, then you know that once your chips are on the table, they lose all meaning. For example, today I paid $429 for a Duncan Robinson moment. What? Why? Would I ever give somebody $429 in cash for this? No, nobody would. But like I said, when you're using chips, money loses all meaning. And when you scroll through the other listings, it can feel like you've got a relative steal. Absurd, I know. But when you're swimming in a mania, you feel a little bit less like a maniac. I'm having a ton of fun playing this game, but I know it can't last forever. I mean, no, literally, it cannot. I bought a CJ McCollum moment for $425 and sold it 24 hours later for $7.99. If this were to continue at this pace, it would be worth, <laughs> worth, it would be worth over $1 million in 12 days. It has to slow down. I think what the team at Top Shot is building is super cool, but I'm more confident in prices three days from now than I am three years from now. My best guess, or the way I'm thinking about it, is bubbles don't form and pop so quickly. Actually, I guess GameStop does, but I'm going to chalk that one up as an exception. This can end tomorrow, but as long as crypto is doing what it's doing, this thing could keep going way further than anyone thinks possible. So I'm still dancing while the music is still playing. I don't know when I'm going to leave the ball, but for me, these things are a trade, not an investment. If I lose the $2,500 I put in, that'll suck, but I'll live. I don't know what will happen to the price when more supply comes on the market. I don't know what will happen to the price when the season ends. I don't know what will happen to the price when somebody partners with the NFL and you can buy a Pat Mahomes no-look pass. There are a million more questions than answers at this point, but I know that as long as the price of these cards are rising, people will keep talking about this. And I also know that if it ends, they'll go looking for people to blame. Don't blame me, please. To me, all of these questions are a sideshow to the main story here, which is the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum. As long as these are rocking, nobody is going to worry about overpaying for non-fungible tokens. But Bitcoin does have a history of crashing, so if and when that happens, then we'll really see what these things are made of. My name is Michael Batnick. You can find more of my insights at theirrelevantinvestor.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is brought to you by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities mentioned on this podcast. If you're new to investing, check out liftoffinvest.com to get started with us today.